Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us. This is Sipping Tea with Nat and Z. I'm Nat. And I'm Z. Hello. Sup. Hello. And all that good stuff. Yes. Greetings. Salutations. Blah, blah, blah. Yes. So. So. What's uh, new? What's uh, new? Somebody commented. Well, somebody commented, like, we start talking and we never tell people what the episode topic is oh. and then it's like they find out like when we actually start talking about it so it's like can you just tell me what it is ahead of time yes the 10 best things i learned from my 10 worst experiences <laughs> dun, 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 dun. they say they just they say they they go to they it drops but they don't look at the title they just go and listen oh they just go and listen you know i realize that sometimes we do and sometimes we don't but I think more right. often than not, we sit and start bantering. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So the best, what just for starters, one of the best things I learned about my worst experiences. You are about to be forty-seven. You cannot stay out till four a.m. dancing like you're back at pit in the student union because I had a fabulous time, but my knee is like alpha. What are we doing? Because you oh, remember that meme I sent you? You must not have paid attention to it. Where the guy was flipping, he did the flip, and he's like, "I'm done." He was his back. He's like, "I'm he done." Back. Yes. You literally watched that meme and then went out. I really did. I and did the and it was you know I was I mean I had a couple of drinks but it wasn't anything like I wasn't you know drunk. There was some drunk people there though. It was a birth. It was a my my friends. They were celebrating 17 years of marriage. And they had a a house party, and it was so dope. Like they they have good parties anyway, but it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, and I danced quite a bit. And uh, you got to stay in shape, though, folks. You got to stay in shape because you got to move. You got to move to keep moving. Because if you don't, you're gonna be old, decrepit, and then you won't be able to do nothing. And you see people walking around. Listen, I'm gonna circle back around to that because it's Mm -hmm. that touches on something that we're going to get into later. Mm-hmm. Um, but, okay, what is the tea of the day? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the well, tea, the tea of, the of the day. On the, table. the tea on the table. <laughs> so, we're doing a little bit, like, we've been doing different things every week. So, there's this company called Sips By. It's an Austin-based startup company founded by a small group of tea lovers who want to discover tea, who want Discovering tea to be fun, personalized, and affordable. So I've gotten some teas from them before in the past, and loose leaf and whatever. So they have a eight-week tea uh, workshop mm-hmm. going on. So you basically get to join friends for weekly discussions. I missed the one yesterday. It was like you watch an episode about tea. It t- talks about like the tisanes of tea, why tea, what is your personal practice, do you have a personal tea ritual, and what is a tea ceremony. So it really gets into the nitty-gritty of mm-hmm. the whole tea culture from from um, any Asian practices that are associated with tea culture that they have, which are very sacred to them. It goes into how you make teas. And then you just sit and talk around, talk, sit and learn different types of teas and you discuss them and then the flavors and the benefits and uh, stuff like that. So that's something that I'm about to embark upon. So you, um, So each week, I think they're going to have like different teas discussions and stuff like that so 
each week I will kind of give a high level overview of what we talked about. So yesterday was just like the intro, why everybody likes tea, what's the significance of tea, um, and does anybody have their own ritual? Like when I make my tea, there's certain things that I do. And then I some people sit down and are quiet. Some people, you know, inc- incorporate it into their day. And some people don't eat drink tea unless they're sick. So just some of those little nuances about tea and stuff. And then there's a, a, a discovery box that they have that you can get like 30 days of different teas and like different mm-hmm. challenges for if it's black tea, white tea, going into like the, you know, temperature of teas mm-hmm. uh, and, and why they need to be boiled at a certain point. Like with green tea, it can't be over like 108 degrees. It's not, you know, or black tea is boiling. So, and what that flavor comes out um, with each tea. So I'm excited. It was something that kind of caught my eye and I said, you know what? I'll take y'all on this little journey with me. <laughs> so yes, that's the tea <laughs> on the table. Teas to come. Okay. And uh, yeah. You know, any hot tea? This is tea season. It is. It is tea season. Definitely tea season, as everybody well aware. If you've been listening to all our three listeners, uh, (laughs) I've met five of them already. I saw. Oh, when I was in my my conference last week, one of my colleagues, um, and he's uh, an IT guy. He's he has an IT company for public health and HIV and stuff. And um, he was in Jersey, and he um, he was like, "Oh my God, Natalie! I was listening to your tea, me and my, me and your your um, podcast, me and my wife. We love it." So, okay, so, yeah. so do we have more then? Yes, um, we do. No, I just, you know, I'm self-deprecating. So yeah, we can't do that. We can't do that. We, can't yeah. do that. we don't do that. I don't receive that. That's why I rebelled it. I rebuke you. I rebuke it. Um, so, okay, so hot tea. Yeah, hot tea. There's not a whole, whole lot. Uh-huh. Um, because, one, because I haven't been paying attention to stuff lately. Um, <laughs> and two, because there just really isn't. But um, the Writers Guild, the Screenwriters oh, Guild yes. are all on strike. And if you are someone like me, it hurts because that means no that shows, right? there are no new shows. So no new Abbott Elementary. Um, oh, no new. There have been not, shows late night, right? No. Oh wow. Um. So there has been some problems with that because some of the daytime talk show hosts have been coming back and they're considered scabs, like Drew Barrymore, who was like America's sweetheart for like not America's sweetheart but everybody found her real asshole yeah and, like loved her and was like oh since Firestarter yeah. and E.T. yeah like she's had a rough life and you know and now it's just like burn Drew burn because she decided to come basically back come back to work um and she hurts she's an old Hollywood family too yeah and everybody's like why would you do that but I on one hand I get it because it's not just about her mm-hmm. she has people that work for her that yeah. need to eat <laughs> and the strike is going on and I haven't been ke- keeping up with the negotiations because so I don't know what is happening, but I already am seeing the effects mm-hmm. of the strike. Um, uh, what's that show? Um, the Wonder Years, the reboot. Oh, yeah, the reboot. Lule Hill, who doesn't mm-hmm. get enough flowers, in my opinion. He is a great actor from West mm-hmm. Wing. I think we talked about this before. This man went from West Wing to Psych to Ballers to... Uh, He's Wonder been on Wing, a lot of plays, shows. He has. Wasn't he on Suits? And he plays, 
he was on suits. He, yeah. But I haven't gotten to that season. Oh, okay. Um, but um, that, that he plays somebody different in every show he's on. His range. And so you never feel like, yes, he has a, a large range. So I never mm-hmm. feel like I'm watching him play somebody else. I just feel like it's him. Like, especially Psych. That's uh-huh, yeah. Like, I don't quite do late him. That was a funny I show. I know it's him. It was. Yeah. <laughs> that's Gus. Like, you right. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and then when you I can't like se- you know, separate you the two because that's he's so believable. Yeah, it's just like that's Gus. Um, but uh, that that show is canceled after two seasons. I suspect that the writer strike has something to do with it because it probably didn't have a strong um, following uh, viewership. Mm-hmm. And when they start thinking about things to cut off the chopping block to save money, that probably was one of the shows. That's, that's unfortunate. Because um, that Wonder Years so, was on forever. Yeah. The original. So it had going back going and reboot, Yeah. Yeah. And, and I believe Fred Savage, who played Kevin in the Wonder Years, yes. actually was the person who pushed this forward. And I don't know if he was a producer uh. or a creator, but this was his show as well. So it's sad to see that go. Um, um because there's not a lot of shows that show African Americans prominently no. in the f- forefront, um, right? So, and there are a lot of shows that I just start watching that were kind of on the cusp that I feel like we'll see in the next few weeks. This continues to go on. Mm-hmm. Are also going to face the chopping block, and that's unfortunate. There are some new shows that were in the pipeline that I know mm-hmm. that are coming out. There actually was a show that's coming out. I don't know if anybody has watched Shameless. But uh, what was her name? V, I think, in Shameless, the black girl who was married to the white woman. I mean, the white man, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, she is on a show where she plays like a, she's either a lawyer or a, you know, she's like a detective. Mm-hmm. And she does missing children. And mm. um, I feel she, like I've seen that. Or It was like a preview. And yeah. she's like does something like where she's able to find these missing kids because she actually was kidnapped and you and this is all in preview she was kidnapped as a young kid and uh-huh. then the person who kidnapped her is zach morris from really yeah zach morris from save say by the bell say by the bell who also is in another show that i liked will trent that i just start watching that i feel might be on the cusp of one of those shows that might meet the axe because of the strike uh-huh. um yeah he was her kidnapper and then you find out that somebody asked her like how are you so good at finding these kids and she's like i'm just good at my job or whatever and then she goes home and she has this door and it's like three locks she unlocks all three locks and she's in the basement and she didn't kidnapped her kidnapper he locked in the basement what and so i was like "Ooh, i think i might want to watch this yeah i wish they would have kept that part secret yeah so that you could see it in real time, like bitch. But I also feel like with certain shows, you got to give somebody something yeah. to make them want to watch it. So I am intrigued. So I will watch that. Um, but so if you are a TV fan or a, a movie fan like I am, you're going to see the effects. Movies maybe not so much because movies generally are are you're not going to see the effects in the movie industry until maybe like a year or two away. The reason uh. why I say that is because a lot of the movies that come out like now were already done like two years ago Wait, okay. or like a year ago, right? They were already right. finished. And then it takes a while, like editing, post-production and all that takes a long time before right. you do. So while you think this is something that's recent, it was already in the can. Right. <laughs> so 
it's movies that were in the process of being made, made. that are going to have to be pushed back, like Blade, which is a Marvel film that Ali was. Um, is the he was playing of- Blade? Yes. Really? Um, okay. Wesley Snipes again. reprisal. Yes. And they had to push that back again. It was already pushed back for other reasons, and now they have to push that back again. He'd be a good blade. He is going to be a very good blade. Yes, he He's could totally very, That was like a great choice. Very um, on point, on spot on. If I had to say so, yes. Um, and it's unfortunate because here's the thing. If I'm somebody who was in a, is in a movie, and my movie was slated to be finished, December 2023, mm-hmm. me being acting in it, right? And it's supposed to go to post-production like January 2024. And I'm supposed to start a new project that they were like, okay, we want you in this. We'll push it out till July, June 2024. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be screwed because I've already delegated myself to this movie. And maybe that movie may be like, well, we already said we wanted you in 2024, the strike is over. We can still start in 2024. We're just but not going to be able to start with you because right. you're still working on this film. So it is going to have a long-term effect on a lot of people in a lot of different ways. And why? Um, and I mean, I don't know anything about really the strike per se, mm-hmm. but are the demands like unreasonable? Because from no. what I understand, they're not. <laughs> just a just a high level view. They're not, which is why the actors have been on the picket lines with them. No, it's not unreasonable. The reason why it's not unreasonable is because I AI is the devil. There are good things mm. about AI, okay? There are good things about artificial intelligence. Some, if you use it the way that you're supposed to use right. it. But, but right. But if I'm making pennies on the dollar and, and, and being in a movie, like people will be like, oh, Will Smith makes $20 million a movie. Yeah, on a movie that's going to gross half a billion dollars. Right. Yes, pay that man what he's worth because when you look at it, that ain't asking for a lot. No, in in in, in uh, I, comparison. Right. I know that, that people want to tussle me over this comment because it's always eat the rich. I get it. But... $20 million on a movie that now probably will make a billion dollars when they take it overseas, that ain't asking yes. for much. Not at all. These, That's these a drop in a bucket. <laughs> right. <clears throat> these movie companies are making millions. I heard, I don't know if this is true. I can't remember. If it's half a million, half a billion dollars a day, I don't think it's that much, but maybe it is. Or they've lost, the, the records, the movie studios have lost since the strike a half a billion dollars. Get what I'm saying. A half a billion dollars these movie studios have lost since the strike started, and they still not coming off, off, off it. So that wow. tells you how much money they're making. If they can lose that much and just and not like, even, I'm so they're probably gonna go what to a billion and be like, okay, I guess we'll re- renege. Who knows? So the issue is that these records, these movie studios are now saying, when when you sign this deal with us, you're also signing over your physical likeness, all that stuff for us to use an AI. So we can use your 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 image, your body with artificial intelligence and perpetuity. Right. Your voice, everything. So basically, I can have you in one film and never use you ever again. And just oh my gosh. And I'm not going to pay you that much for it. Where I would have paid you $20 million to star on this, I may pay you a million dollars over the course of every time I use you. And we also have to understand I think it's like 98% of the actors who are actually in state or it's the writers and the actors. Uh-huh. Let's start with actors. 98% of the actors who are actually in SAG are poor. 
Right. Yeah. They're and not, they, they don't they, make a lot. They don't make a lot of money, right? It's only the two percent that really make some money. And the two percent when you look at it are the people that you see all the time. The Will Smiths, the yeah. Nicole Kidmans, the Tom Cruises, yeah. the you know, even Kevin Hart. Yeah. Um, Jamie Foxx. Like when you look at it, Denzel Washington. It's the mm-hmm. same cast of characters in and every so diff- we, in different movies. In, in, every, in different movies, it's the same cast of characters. Yeah, very so, rare to see. You're not going to see some breakout stars. No. When was the last time you saw a new breakout star? That I mean, is Daniel. Tr- Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is, it, okay. uh, is he? Is he good? But here's the thing. He's good though. But here's the thing. Daniel Kaluuya. No. Now Daniel Kaluuya. He's bad actor. Yeah, he's an actor. He's an okay? actor. Actor. But I wouldn't say so much if he's breaking, but breaking to the white folks, probably. You know what I'm saying? True, because he's, he's with, still. yeah, he part of the core comedy. Right. So we all, yeah. So that's, it's unfortunate. I don't know when this is going to end. I'll look and see. I haven't been keeping mm. up with negotiations. There's but that's a lot of much. people that affects the production <laughs> crew, the makeup artists. The yeah, design. it affects everybody. It's, it's affect, it affects everyone. And all they're asking for is a living wage. That's insane. If, these, if there are people who actually make money who aren't getting residuals off of streaming, and it's it's also the streaming, they want you to oh, pay them more yes, for yes. Like Aaron Paul, who played in Breaking Bad, he came out and was like, I don't even get money. I don't get no revenue from streaming. I don't get residuals for Breaking Bad. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You don't get who residuals. Who wrote that contract? Who negotiated that part of the contract? I don't know. So I'm just saying, pay these people. Right. I need my Abba Elementary, okay? <laughs> I need it. I need Y'all not going to deprive me of I'm, it. I can take some time and watch it now because it's, it's on yes. hold. Pay me, my, pay them because I need my Abba Elementary because what you're not going to do is put me <laughs> up against a damn government shutdown. You got the U.S. That's, oh, the auto workers. Ain't no new cars, you know, but here's the thing. I'm going to go buy American anyway, but, but that's not the point. Right. The... You the 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 car people on strike, the actors all three against all three. All, three. all these huge. other people are on uh writers guild, screen actors guild on strike. The damn shutdown is looming. Inflation yes. is inflationing. Yes, uh, recession is recession. Recessioning all of that. This is and then COVID is ticking back up. COVID is COVIDing. COVID is COVIDing. People getting flesh-eating bacteria. What? Oh my goodness! Water. What? Oh my lord! And y'all gonna tell me I can't watch my Abbott Elementary? Y'all gonna tell me I can't watch? <laughs> y'all best give it to me because people are living on edge. We need they something. are. Y'all okay? yes. If it, I don't know what people would have done because I noticed when I was on Netflix that now most of the shows are foreign and everything what? has subtitles. Well, that's because Netflix. They I don't know. I, is that I was like, is that because I was like, where are, who are all these movies from? I'm beefing with. I'm beefing with Netflix right now, but. If you want quality, quality programming, mm. Apple TV is the place to be. And oh, the really? reason why I say that, I, I love Netflix, and Netflix is good for a good quick binge of a TV show. Like, I just finished watching Virgin River, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, if you haven't watched that, I suggest you watch it. I think you would like it. Okay. It's a step above Hallmark. Oh, Okay. Virgin and it's River. Like, it reminds me of old time Lifetime. Remember them old time Lifetime movies? Yes. The old school ones. We're not old talking school. about the new ones. Yes. The old school ones. It gives you kind of that. It's very good. It's a series. You would like it. And it's a quick watch. Um, and it's 
Do you have to you, for Apple TV? Um, you just sign up for it because I don't have it, or is it just you? Streaming? You do. I would look, do a search and see if you could find like a promo because they usually offer like a few months free. Um, okay. And the reason why I say it's quality because they don't. It's not a whole lot on there, but the stuff they do have on there is very good. I've I've yet oh. to watch something on on Apple TV that I was like that was lower than I would give it lower than a so B plus. so it's not a two B. Oh, it's definitely not two B. It's not given two B. Okay, okay it's de- giving definitely giving yacht luxury. Okay. Oh, not I'm sorry. river, not not river paddleboat, which is <laughs> that's funny. Paddleboat versus so, yacht. I would I would definitely do that. And then okay. um <clears throat> there's one more thing <clears throat> that I that I that was on the cusp of me saying and I don't I don't know. If I if I can remember it, maybe I'll bring it up during the during <laughs> during our time of talking. But that's uh, fine. That'll work. That'll work. Yeah. It's something we may say may trigger it. Yes, like it probably remember. will. Oh, yes, I remember See? now. And I'm just gonna be very quick with this. Um, so, you know, Beyonce is still on tour. Uh-huh. And if you have it, listen to Renaissance. If you're not a Beyonce fan, if you're not somebody who is of the know about what goes on at the concert, there's a part. She has this song. Um, it's called Energy. And there's a part in the song. She's like, look around, everybody on mute. And we have collectively decided. And she has told us, just shut your mouth when that happens. Be quiet, bitch. Why are you still talking? Right. Shut, shut, shut that's, that's what mute means. Yes. And it's taken a while when she was overseas. They definitely, the people weren't muting. But as they came over here, people were muting. Right. And But here's a funny story. There's a think piece on this. And this might be one of the one thing pieces that I'm like, oh, shit, that's spot on. People are saying the people who aren't muting aren't black. The people who aren't muting are white. And that is because they do not know how to get direction from black people. They don't like taking direction from black people. You're not going to tell them what they can and cannot do. We as a people are very trained trained to take direction and listen. So when somebody tells us to mute, survival, we shut the fuck up. (laughs) Mm, You know, that's a good thing. Like as a topic, mute and where it comes and manifests in our culture in a hierarchy and historical context of what that means for direction of people and survival because certain things we had to do that. So it's just generationally passed Mm -hmm. down. Yeah. You know, When, when somebody gives us a direction, it's, this is what you have to do. Somebody said when they give white people direction, it's there. It, they take it as I can. I, it's a choice. It's a suggestion. To, it's a suggestion. That is so true. With like when when they get pulled, some of them. I don't. I don't want to generalize. Get pulled over, and they will get out the car, fighting, cuss you out, and call you everything but the name of God. Mm-hmm. A child of God. Right? And I said, but that's exactly. So I said, oh, oh. I went and looked at TikTok videos, and there are black people who are in the audience. And they were like, everybody on mute. And they take their camera and they spin it. And the people that are still talking and screaming are not black people. Is it the beat that they're missing? They don't want to take directions. And I don't even think it's like they realizing it. Like, case in point, if you don't believe me, go watch Atlanta. There you, go, uh-huh. you can go on TikTok find, or go on YouTube and type in Atlanta Mute Challenge. Uh-huh. She tells them they won. Them bitches were silent. But guess what Atlanta, most of the people at Atlanta's show work yeah that's wild go to seattle which is pre- predominantly right the people did not were not quiet at all they they screamed the whole time 
through the whole challenge. Do they not know the song? Yes, they know the song. You, if you go to this concert, you understand what you're supposed to do during the music. Right. You have seen enough videos to understand that you're supposed to mute. <laughs> Some they of those videos mute. that have come out have been pure comedy, and I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go into it. <laughs> but have been pure comedy based on some of the stars of said memes. Yes. Some some one dude was pissed the fuck off. He was like, shut up, bitch, shut up. Why are you still talking? That yeah. had me dying because he was in his feelings for real. You messing um, up my whole Beyonce vibe. Right. Now, experience. Granted, some people be like, it's not that deep. Right. But it is when you are in a space where somebody is creating a safe space for you to really be you. You have to understand, she, this woman is going into places that, well, she went to Florida, and they like no drag queen shows. They basically, their agenda is to shut down anything black, anything yes. LGBTQIA, anything that is not heterosexual, white, waspy. white Protestant mm-hmm. thinking. And these people can come for two and a half hours and feel like they are among people who understand them, who love, support, yeah, and create <coughs> joy yeah. for themselves in this space. And you're not going to shut up for fucking eight seconds? Shut that's your crazy. mouth. Just be quiet. Shut but it. that's it. www.com. Exactly. .org. So that's it. So let's take a quick break and we'll come back with the topic of the day. we're back so like we were saying the topic of today is the 10 best things i learned from my 10 worst experiences right so we all have been you know we've all have been in a terrible situation where we thought our world was ending woe is me and we get it life life be life and especially lately and it happens that way sometimes girl life be life just listen to the tea just go back and listen to the tea about all the things that we up against right now. Oh, and global warming. Forgot about it. and all the oh, yeah. yeah, and all the the, the the what do you call it? the weather the hurricane. Her right, the hurricane. All of that. And Hawaii, all the stuff going on in Hawaii. I know that was man made, I think, but still, like all of those things, you know. But you know, a lot of times, you know, pe- people say there's a silver lining of a cloud or whatever, because some of those situations can be beneficial for us in the long run. Of course, we don't see that um, at the time. The, there's a lot of awful circumstances that can make our lives better. There's no escaping it. At some point, we all are going to have a shitty day or have mm-hmm. something shitty happen to us, something um, catastrophic, unfortunately. Um, and everything that can go wrong will go wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, you just like really today is that is that what is that what we doing? Um, and the suck comes for us all because every when that happens, it sucks, and we're just right. like, what 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 the hell is going on? You know, as far as like unexpected uh, expenses that you know you go <laughs> and then put your account into the negative and you pop it over, you like what the <laughs> hell? Um, we have people that hurt us, something that we need will break, you know, and at that time we need it and it breaks right then. People that love us or that we love disappoint us and hurt us and, you know, betray us and all those things. But the best we can do is prepare ourselves and, you know, 
prepare for the worst, expect the best. Is that how it goes? Expect the best, prepare for the worst. Mm -hmm. Just so that your, your, your mindset can be balanced in that. So what can some of these experiences teach us? Do we completely succumb to, oh my God, life is over. I can't do it. Sidebar about that, because I think there's some folks in this generation, and if you go, there's some TikToks about this, mm -hmm. that this participation culture, if something happens to some of y'all, like, oh my gosh, my nail broke. It is really the end of the world, and it mm -hmm. is not. But the But it's very... Um, disproportionate with the actual event, some of the responses that are like, oh my God, my life is over. Mm -hmm. And because you just have not been able to develop coping skills of loss and rebounding because everybody is a winner. Everybody's not a winner. No. Everybody's not a winner. You lose, you win some, you lose some. And it's also, honestly, it's, it's part Gen X's responsibility and fault for that. Oh, I agree. A lot of us have raised children because we've seen the struggle our parents went through. Like, yeah. A lot of Gen Xers are first generation college students, right? Mm -hmm. I'm 46 years old. I will say that's not my experience because right. I came, and I'm not saying this is not a humble, well, it is a humble brag. My family was very educated from the mm -hmm. beginning. My grandmother right. was a, 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 a elementary school teacher, mm -hmm. went back to, to when, when the demographics of her, the neighborhood that she was teaching in started to change. She went back and got her master's degree in Spanish to mm -hmm. learn Spanish fluently to be able to communicate with the teacher or with the parents who were coming who were first literally <clears throat> just came here. Right? That's what's the, up. Okay, Miss Grace. Um, my aunt also, my aunt had a PhD. Mm -hmm. My great aunt, well, yeah, my great aunt had a PhD. Nice. My mom went to the University of Kentucky and then Temple. Mm -hmm. Like, these are things that you know so i wasn't a first generation i personally was not right. a first generation college student however a lot of our generation is mm -hmm. a lot of people that i know personally are the first people in their family to go to college right right and so we've seen the struggle we know what it means to be a latchkey kid we have the yeah. you know we we know all of that so we have kids and we're like <laughs> i don't want you to struggle right but sometimes we've taken too much struggle Away. out of their lives to the point where they cannot function. They're coddled. They're coddled. And they like, you know, of course, you don't. there are things I, I, I'm definitely never going to have my child go through that right. I had to go through. But there are some things absolutely you're going to go through. And I don't, I don't care if I, I can make that path a little easier for you. You need to understand. Yes. It's character building. That, very much so. Very much so. This is why, I mean, people think it's cute that Gen Z is coming into the office of like, oh, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I don't get and that's that. great. I get it. Because yes, you should have boundaries. In, that's in fine. Of work life and whatever. But, but there's some things that Gen Z is like, I'm not doing. I'm like, but that's work. Obviously, you oh, don't Can we work. talk about that? That's a whole thing. But that's, but I said, that's it, different. But yeah, but we're, what we're basically getting to is the fact that you can out of every out concrete con a rose can grow out of concrete sometimes. yes for sure for sure and and it's not the word you know there are definitely some life altering things that can happen to you um but just understand everything will go wrong at some point you know like i said they build characters seize opportunity to you know look at try to look at it as an opportunity you know try not to be like eeyore Winnie the Pooh, 
Oh my goodness, the world is ending. Try to be like Tigger and be like, oh, this is an opportunity to do da 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 da. No, you know, Tigger had ADHD. <laughs> he really did. He really. <laughs> Yo, some days I want to, when I go back and watch some of our cartoons that we grew up on, I was like, hmm, I don't really feel this was appropriate for my age. No. But I think, though, it put something subliminally in our mindsets for us to deal with life the way that we yeah, have dealt yeah. with it and gotten through because. Some of these little cotton candy cartoons taught nowadays. I'm like, they don't teach you nothing at all. Well, no Bluey. I'm, I'm oh, I wouldn't know because I don't know babies. Bluey is a gem among gems when it talks about, I will say Peppa. Peppa, Peppa is good. Mm-hmm. Tisha don't like Peppa because she says she got a smart mouth. And she does. She begins sassy. <laughs> she, but she's British. So um. Maybe that's how the Brits do it over there. But she does get a little sassy. Right. Um, she begins spicy sometimes. Oh, spicy! Bluey, <coughs> excuse me, Bluey. I love. I absolutely love Bluey. I mm-hmm. absolutely love Bluey. But that's neither here nor there. That's too funny. But you know, these things that you, some other things you can learn from this is that rest is necessary because if you keep going and something happens and it causes you to stop, you probably mm-hmm. needed to stop. For some some situations right. where your body shuts down, so rest is necessary, and, and then it can about rest. Yes, and then we just talked about rest, and then thinking about it causes you to kind of pause and focus on what really matters most to you and what's going on in your world. Sometimes it helps you to develop new interests because you got to find some distractions. So, like how mm-hmm. Z was talking about earlier, if all that if all that shit happened, we don't need some TV to watch. Okay, mm-hmm. to, to escape some escapism, to, to get away from stuff. And it's not saying that you become completely delusional, but sometimes a distraction builds itself into something else that you can leverage into a positive thing. And, you know, sometimes when all this stuff is going on, people will understand. And then sometimes they don't. If not, bug it. Keep moving. Exactly. You know, and, and that also that- shows, builds resilience and all these other things that we're going to get into later, because... Everybody, everybody is not going to understand where you're coming from because they're not equipped to understand or they're not equipped with the tools to understand how to deal with all of the angst of when shit goes left and they just, they're, cause they think the world revolves around them and they don't understand how to, to relate. So, right. Yeah. I would say my distraction is definitely TV. I do watch a lot of TV, and I know some people are like, "Are you always watching TV? How do you spend time <laughs> with your child and your husband?" I do. It's like mm-hmm. you when you, I you know, I work from home. I watch mm-hmm. TV during my lunch break. Um, I watch TV, you, and you watch it, watch it. You just don't have it on in the background because sometimes I just no, have it on I'll in the background. I'll sit down at, at lunch. I literally sit down and I will watch an episode of something with mm. <laughs> while I'm eating lunch. Right. And this is kind of a way for me personally, especially like if my day, my work day is going shitty or something, mm-hmm. like I got too much going on and I just need a palate cleanser for my brain. Right. I will sit and shut it off for a little bit and that's just watch it during my lunch break. Um, And that's how I'm able to watch TV. So like if a, if a show has like, let's say five, like 10 episodes, I'm mm-hmm. done a show. I'm going watch an hour. Yeah. I'll watch an hour a day. Oh, that's a good idea. And then like, um, like right now, my husband watches Big Brother. I don't really. I watch it sometimes, and I don't. Uh-huh. So while he's watching, I used to watch it when it first Big came Brother. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know it was still on. Watching, it is the nights that he's watching Big Brother. I will 
probably watch something else while he's right. watching that. And then sometimes we'll find something. And then after that, we'll find something to watch. But but that's neither here nor there. But that's what I'm saying. Distractions are good because yeah. sometimes life be like thing and you just need that. So how can what are ways that a bad situation can help transform your life? And Natalie, you touched on this just two seconds ago about resilience. Like mm-hmm. resilience is something that I think a lot of us can learn from a bad situation, right? Yeah. Um, and this is a way to turn something bad into something good. It tests your ability to bounce back and adapt. You can learn from these situations. And when you're learning from this, re- these situations, it will help you develop resilience, right? Yeah. And that's basically the ability to recover quickly from difficulties, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so some ways you could do that is like learning how to process your negative emotions. A lot of times yeah. things happen and we get really negative emotions about it, right? Yes. Um. I had a situation with in terms of resilience where it was a professional experience. Mm-hmm. Something <clears throat> bad happened. And I was just in my feelings about it for a very long time. Right. A lot of it was ego. A lot of it was other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I'm just now. And sometimes it doesn't happen. Like, yeah, you sometimes you can learn the lesson right then and there. Sometimes mm-hmm. it takes a while. This was it's a lesson. A process. That took me, yes over three years to learn. Right. <laughs> Excuse me. My allergies are bothering. Um, it took three years to learn. And and I'm just now coming out of it like stronger than ever. Mm-hmm. I've learned to process the negative emotions that I had around it because I've ruminated sometimes on those feelings for so long mm-hmm. um, that it kept um, like pushing poor thoughts to the right. forefront. Right. Um, and when I, I learned to just process those negative emotions, deal with them, and then push them aside. Because you're going to have um, them. It's just a matter of what you do with them. Right. And then, like I said, it took three years to process what happened. Um, I realized I can overcome anything. If I was able to overcome this particular situation, mm-hmm. I can overcome a lot of stuff. Now, I'm seeing also sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And sometimes... You think something is really bad when it turns out to be really good. Mm-hmm. What I'm learning is that that situation at the time made me feel like shit, but turned into probably one of the better situations. I'm not going to say the best, but the right. better situations that have happened to me because it's taught me a lot about myself and about work in general. Mm-hmm. That's going to propel me to do something totally different than what I'm doing right now. So Fair I'm, point. I'm so with work, I'm very, I've become resilient. It was, a, that was one of those places I haven't been. In relationships, I've always been, I've, I've been resilient in more so in my late thirties mm-hmm. to now than mm-hmm. I would say like my, like 35 and before. Like right. 35 and before I thought the world was ending. After Isn't that the was, truth? After 35, I was like, well, I don't give a damn. <laughs> go on here, go right. Just go. Do go. you right? Um, <clears throat> but resilience is definitely one of those things that I think learning and and I've had a lot of death in my life, and mm. I'm very resilient from that. Sometimes I think a little bit too resilient, so that mm. might be something I need to readdress in therapy. Right. <laughs> sometimes like death happens, and I'm just like it happens. Like you gotta. It's inevitable. You know, it's inevitable, and you gotta go move forward. Right. And I don't think that that's always the most healthiest approach. No, not always. Not right. always. Yeah, the resilience <laughs> thing is um, no joke. I think we all have our 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 points in life that can be um, 
those, I forget, what do they call those? Those moments in life, not, I guess, moments of clarity, but I think that's the wrong mm-hmm. terminology that I'm, you know, I'm using because after I would say all my healthcare issues and I'm finally like back mm-hmm. and up and, you know, I thought when I, when I had the, the sinus surgery like three times, I was like, oh my God. And then I had my botch hysterectomy and then I was like, this is, my world is ending. Then I had to have brain surgery and I was like, oh my God, this is, this is it. And mm-hmm. The resilience that had to come with that, and even like being in the hospital, being in ICU with the nurses, they were like, "You are one of the most pleasant patients that we have ever had who's who's facing this life-altering, death-defying, so to speak, situation." And it really makes a difference on how do you sit back and look at the rest of your life? How do you approach other situations? Mm-hmm. You know, there's some things that I'm going through right now that I'm like, "Lord, what in?" the H-E double hockey sticks because, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, what is this situation supposed to teach me? Because I have a love hate relationship kind of with the word resilient because Mm -hmm. of all the stuff you got to go through. And I'm like, I think I'm good on the resilience. I'm good. Like I'm, I'm topped out, but each situation teaches you a different way or angle to look at, um, uh, how you are resilient to life's situations. You know. So I think some for some for some people I think that there is a fine like for some people they confuse resilience with and I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this resilience with I'm just I'm not gonna I'm just accepting poor behavior from right that I'm that's a good point accepting this shit here and it's just showing how strong I am not no necessary. you don't have. Like, that's not necessary. And I feel like a lot of times, a lot of people get bogged down with, well, I'm accepting, you know, this poor working condition, but, and it's really showing how resilient I am. No, it's, that's showing that you have a lack of boundaries (laughs) and you don't know how to advocate properly for for yourself, yourself, right? (laughs) Um, And that's what I'm saying. Like, people have to be clear as to whether or not they're being resilient or they just have a lack of boundaries. Right. Because you can accept something and it go left. That doesn't mean you're being resilient. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you just sit in it and you're just like, like Eeyore. Oh, it's a sucky day. And then you don't do anything about it. You know? Absolutely. Um, So... One of the other things you can learn is problem-solving skills, yes. right? Bad situations present challenges that require creative problem-solving. And through this, you can learn to ask for help. There mm-hmm. are times where you can be faced with a problem and you're like, I don't know what to do in this situation. And then you learn, oh, if I had to just ask for help, I probably would have been able to get this done faster. Right. Or I probably would have That's gone through point. this better. But I didn't. But now I know if it happens again, the first thing I should do is probably ask for help. Right. Um, and then you also figure out through problem solving what you can control, right? There are things mm. that you like, I just can't control this. So if this happens again, yes. like, okay, for example, if you're in a bad relationship, right? You realize you cannot control the other person. At all. A lot of times we try to control the other person's feelings, behaviors, yeah. movements. And when you realize you can't, then you solve the problem. The problem is you're in a bad relationship. How do you get out? Right. Or... Um, you can't control uh, somebody paying you child support, right? Right. I mean, unless you, know, you take them to court, so to speak. But even then, people there's no guarantee. Jobs and that is true. People, people do be ducking, they quitting jobs, and <laughs> state hopping. Right. 
you know you can't control that so what can i control i can control my budget i can control how much i spend mm-hmm. i can control the fact that i don't know if i'm gonna get this money i still have to survive so right. it puts you in situations and then you might become the best budgeter in the world true you know i need to work on that in my life um <laughs> becoming the best listen, budgeter <laughs> listen i just got there so girl it's, trust me um <sighs> Emotional intelligence, which I feel yes, I'm uh, like a lot of people lack emotional intelligence. A lot, um, a lot, yes, a lot. Um, <laughs> Did I say a lot? <laughs> a lot. I'm one of those people that lacks sometimes lacks emotional intelligence. You think so? But oh hell yeah, I used yeah. to. I will say I'm still kind of on the cusp. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> but emotional intelligence involves understanding and managing your own emo- emotions as well as empathizing with others. Right. And I think in emotional intelligence, once you give to, get to that point, you are able to learn forgiveness. Yes. And forgiveness doesn't necessarily, Ooh. forgiveness is always more for you. Yes. Like, it's never for the other person. Mm. So, like. Yes, yes, um, yes, 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 yes. I had a whole so thing on that yesterday it, for myself. Yes. It, whole it's, thing. It's really, it's just, you know what I mean? Um. And sometimes you have to be like, I forgive you for doing this to me because sometimes you're never going to get the apology you think you deserve. Oh, girl, preach on so that. You got to learn how to how to deal with that, right? Yeah. So the bad situation is somebody harmed you and they didn't apologize. Yeah. The thing you've learned out of that is emotional intelligence. I'm going to give you a little bit of empathy because I understand there's some things going on that don't got nothing to do with me. Right. And hurt people, hurt people. Hurt people. So hurt you probably people. came at me that way. I'm going to forgive you for that this time. Right. This time. This time. Okay. There's other consequences and repercussions next time. Huh. If there's a next time, I, let me digress. If. Huh. Listen. If. <laughs> if. Hello, good morning. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that part right there. Um, so self-reflection is another thing, right? Yeah. The bad situations can provide opportunities for self-reflection. You can examine your role in a situation, take ownership of your own actions, your own decisions. You learn valuable lessons about yourself, your values, and your behaviors. Self-reflection is one of those things that I think a lot of people lack. Yeah. They don't want to do <laughs> the work because self-reflection. <laughs> Emotional intelligence and self-reflection go hand in hand. Listen. If you have to sit back and think about your own actions and decisions and how they affected somebody else, other people, whether it be it negatively or positively, yep. a lot of times we have to do self-reflection because we hurt somebody. Yeah. Or we did something negative. So like, oh, I need to get myself together. Let me gather myself. Yes. There were times in my <laughs> I had this, excuse me. I had this conversation with somebody recently where I was like, a lot of people are walking around with childhood trauma. And mm. sometimes they don't even know what is rooted in. And that childhood tra- trauma manifests itself in a lot of different ways. Yep. I said I gave, somebody was talking about Megan Thee Stallion recently. They were saying how, oh, she's a drunk and shit. And she, she probably bought it on herself. Like, cause she's known to, she was known to drink a lot and be a mean drunk. And I said, but you got to give this girl empathy and grace because yeah, this girl, you don't I know. think she's probably 25. I don't, maybe, I don't know if she's younger than that or older than that. I'm going to just say a smooth 25. Lost her mama, her grandmama, and her daddy. Already. Right. In her Already. 20s. Lost her mama right Right. That's was... what happened to you. You got to yeah. ask people what happened to you. I'm reading that book now. What happened to you? I highly recommend yeah. it. Highly recommend it. And it's to she... that point. 
what yes. happened to you for her to act in such a way? Because that's a coping mechanism go. for her. It is. Because she's it not does. in a space to reflect yet because she's in pain. And it's not even reflect. It's just like she doesn't know how to deal with her trauma and handle exactly. how to deal with her trauma. You're about to be a big-ass star. You're on the cusp of being like Meg the Stallion. Stallion. And your mama died. And she was your manager. She was the one that was helping you with your business. She was with you every step of the way. Not to help you get to where you are, the stallion. And I'm supposed to just be able to deal with that. I'm going to tell you, when I was in my 20s, me not properly processing my mother's death <coughs> had a very negative effect on me. I was lashing out at everybody. I was a trash friend, a trash human being, a lot of in my 20s. And you realize if you do the self-reflection, oh, and I had to apologize to a lot of people. I was like, yo, I did this. I know I did this. And I apologize. And 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 I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, most of those people were like, girl, I ain't worried about that. That was 10 years ago. But for me, I had to do that. And self-reflection, right. again, because forgiveness is for for the other part <laughs> is for you, not the other person. Exactly. Yeah. Um I just told someone I, yesterday I had to forgive him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and then personal growth. You'll learn a lot about yourself. And you should grow. If you're not growing from your bad experiences, a you're doing life wrong. Yes. You're lifing wrong. So life for real. Right. Your life is trashy. <laughs> because you, you are literally be doing life wrong. Yeah. Um, should not be stagnant. No. You should be learning something from your bad experience. Yes. Your bad situations. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a new skill. Whether it's a new mindset, mm-hmm. maybe what is it boundaries? Were you learning? Mm. Have you now learned to create boundaries? You need to be growing from that experience. And if you are not, something ain't right with you. Yeah. And maybe it's you. There's a common <laughs> denominator. Right. Yeah. Maybe it's you. And then um, try to find out how to fix, how to work on it. Because I can't say fix it because not everything's fixable, but. Right. Acknowledge. At yeah. least. You know, you have to acknowledge those things because each of those situations are going to require you to adapt and adjust, which is one of our next things, because they require you to really uh, go with the sometimes go with the flow. I'm very much try to be a go with the flow type of person. And for some folks, that may seem like I'm very nonchalant or I'm very laissez faire, come what may. And to some extent, I think. Um, life has kind of taught me that because you can't control, like you said, you can't control things, you know, and you have to learn to accept certain things like within the five stages of grief, you know, which is not uh, adjusted. It's not just attached to death. There's, you can grieve a marriage. You can grieve a uh, loss of a friendship. There's so many things that you have and to look into. And we're talking about adaptability, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. We're talking about being able to adapt in any kind right. of situation. Right. Better in any kind of situation. You got to, yeah. you know, all these things, you know, you learn how to adapt and accept. So, you know, with the, if you're going through something not negative, like shock and denial, anger and pain, bargaining, depression, and acceptance, all of those things come into how you adapt and how you show up to have the ability to adapt. And it helps you adjust your perspective. You know, when we look at certain things, it can shift your perspective on how you see things from a different angle, cause you to step back, employ that self-reflection, you know, and what can you learn from that situation on a broader scale? You know, it's all in the angles 
sometimes and it can enhance your decision making your problem solving skills you know find out what's what's it worth is it is it worth it to you to get all upset about something or is it just mm. like eh, you know what that's yeah, that's i'm gonna just walk i'm gonna walk on by because everything has a cost yes and you don't have to be invited you don't have to go to every party you're invited no. A foolishness that may be causing you angst or or no. woe is me or something like that. Um, and I then you can yeah look at that a lot. Like yeah, what's it going to cost me? Like you have if you take it into perspective, cost me the both. Me? Is it going to cost me time, mm. money, peace emotions? of mind? Am I going to have to compromise my my morals, my boundaries? Yes. What is this going to cost me? And it's and it's your perspective to hold, not anybody. I know for some people, perception is reality, but mm-hmm. you really, you there's there's so many different things to consider with that. It, how much is it worth to you? What is it going to cost you? Is it going to cost you that peace of mind to move forward? And then you're the one who's all upset, and the other person or situation is moving along fine, and you over here upset. Is right. it worth that time? Is it worth that angst for you? And right. then how do you how do you incorporate? empathy or it helps you develop empathy mm. because of a situation and and how it really is like oh my goodness it puts you in the perspective of like wow my life may be not that bad or it's like damn i really need to my situation is pretty bad maybe i can figure out how to help someone else get through it and develop some empathy for someone else who may be going through something similar mm. you know you learn you know, make things better. And, and it's it's a waiting game. You know, you got to hang in there even when things seem impossible and insurmountable. It helps you develop appreciation. You know, you look at... Wait, before you go into uh-huh. appreciation, that's not, empathy is definitely one of those things where a lot of people struggle with empathy. Woo! Child. <laughs> and I feel like society now is so really makes it hard to be empathetic. Very. Because everybody has an opinion about, about everything. everything, which is fine, but people get offended. But Ugh. right, and I feel like percep, like perception, your perspective, and your uh-huh. empathy go together. Right, because it takes a shift in your perspective to have empathy. It takes a shift and being able to see something from a different angle to be empathetic. Yes, to somebody because it's not about you. I think empathy. <laughs> people look at well that can never be me I would never let nobody Ooh, I that would never part. let my bank account go into negative mm. I would never let my husband uh, beat on me I would never I would never I would never. Girl, you better than never, me never. that could be me right I think and folks need to be mindful when they say that I don't I, you know what I, I don't say that I never say that that would never be me I try to stay away from I couldn't do it that's yeah. because I've seen situations personally but somebody was like i would never let x do y to me yep and i've then x does y to them and they still still stealing right so you have to be mindful i look at situations from okay it's not me maybe i wouldn't go through that but this person is going through that why are they going through that mm-hmm. and then provide empathy yeah, right because you, you don't know Right. You can hate your job and you can hate your boss. And I would be like, well, I wouldn't put up with half the shit you put up with at work. Yes. But <laughs> then you look at your perspective, change, shift your perspective and be empathetic. Well, that person got to stay because they don't have the skills to move to another right. job. 
They have three kids that they need to support. Mm-hmm. The husband left them. Yep. They don't have savings because they 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 um, had to use all their savings for the divorce. Yeah. They had to use all their savings because of a health crisis. You just don't know. You just don't know. Like this. And that's why empathy is important. I think that's I don't and you can't necessarily always teach empathy. And and the situations nowadays, like you said, society doesn't create a space for empathy to be Mm-mm. highlighted Mm-mm. or uplifted or mm-hmm. celebrated. Mm-hmm. You know, and being uh, being empathetic, I think, is one of the prim- premier skills that I think everybody should have because mm-hmm. you don't know what someone's going through until you walk in their shoes, and you're yep. never going to know everything that's going on with that person because it's nobody tells everybody everything. No matter how much you think so, but and that changes the perspective of how you approach right. things. I could give you an example, and it's probably better from your perspective than from mine. You uh-huh. had brain surgery, right? Mm-hmm. So, as somebody who has brain surgery, like let's say you go back to work and you're still not a hundred percent mentally, right. it's still a lot of things that you're struggling with, yeah. and it could be things that you knew how to do before. It's like I don't, I can't yes. remember how to do this right now. Yes. Now, if you have a supervisor who doesn't have empathy and hasn't learned patience that is going to be a very bad situation for you very that would have yes and my thankfully my new boss was amazing <laughs> in that regard but it's it really because that stuff it really causes you to it can cause you to question yourself mm-hmm. and your decision making and if someone on the other side doesn't understand or let me not say that you can try to understand right but give that space to try to understand because you can't expect right. people I definitely think empathy and and perspective is something that sometimes always, it's like, well, empathy specifically always involves somebody else. Yes. (laughs) And then, well, not always, but it it generally, you will have to have empathy towards somebody else. And and sometimes bad situations, you learn empathy when something effed up happens to you. Correct. And then you see it happen to somebody else. And then you're like, I'm empathetic to that. Right. If you were in an abusive relationship, and then you see somebody else in an abusive relationship, you yep. are more empathetic to that person because you understand where their mindset is. Yes. If you've never been in an abusive relationship, it is difficult for you, for a lot of people, to be empathetic to that person. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why you hear, if I was her, I would have been like that man. Right. If I was him, and I would never let her put... It is so paramount and cornerstone to, to relationship development. This is friendship, work, what have you. Because if you can't have empathy for what's going on or possibly going on in someone's life, that is a game changer for the trajectory mm-hmm. of someone's life. So if my boss was not empathetic and gave me grace, I could have lost mm-hmm. my job because, you know, I didn't, I needed time to get myself together because I'm second guessing. I'm an analyst. So, and I need my brain. So if I, if, if that didn't happen, that could have caused me to change my career path Certain things in my life would have changed. And psychologically for me, that could have been something damning to me. And I don't think folks understand how empathy, the long reach of empathy and how it affects other people's actions and how they (laughs) see themselves if you're not being empathetic to them because now it doesn't give them a place to rest. Right. So that you're like, you know. But it also puts you in a position to be empathetic to somebody else. Correct. So you may be dealing with someone who has challenges uh-huh. and 
you could be, why are they getting this? Why aren't they doing this? I, I, I would have had this done by now. But then you may start to think like, okay, but what about when I was in that situation? Right. It, it, it helps you reflect. And be a little bit more empathetic. Right. Change it, my perspective. Uh-huh. That self-reflection. You see how these all interact. It's like a continuum. And then it, they, they yeah. all influence everything else that you do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think empathy is one of the most important skill sets that you could ever have, especially nowadays, because folks are just mean and mm-hmm. miserable for no reason. But being that, that being said, it makes you appreciate how empathic, how empathic some people can be. And it makes you appreciate the positive aspects of your life, where it's mm-hmm. where gratitude comes into play. Right. Yep. So a lot of these journaling situations, um, we've talked about gratitude. When you sit and write down five things at the beginning of your day or at the end of the day that you're grateful for, it can change your perspective on how you go ahead that next day. Yep. Be- yeah. Yeah. And, and what you appreciate or how you're appreciating yep. whatever happened to you positively <laughs> that day can make you be like, you know what? Maybe today wasn't so bad. I had all these great things going on today, and now I have another different perspective going into tomorrow, and it's you not gloom and doom. Yep. You hitting the nail. Let me tell you something that made me appre- that I, I implemented appreciation. Mm-hmm. I was going to get a facial. I'm not going to say with time because I'm not going to put myself out there like that. Right. But it was during the week. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On my way to get a fish, a facial, and my car does not start. Mm-hmm. Now I have a pre-owned vehicle. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I just purchased this vehicle last year. Right. So my so my battery should not be where it is. No, it should not. I don't know what happened, but my battery died. Mm-hmm. Okay. My husband jumped me. I went to Advanced Auto to see what the issue was because at, at, at that point in time, I didn't really know 100% that it was my battery. My husband was like, it's probably your battery. And my car is all, it's like, you know, these new, the newer cars yeah. are, have like little computers. So nothing yeah. was working, right? Yeah. Couldn't open my back trunk. Nothing it's was working. worst. Yeah. Took it down. Yes. Took it down to Advanced Auto because so, they run tests. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, yes, your battery. It should be at 700, set 250. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Can you change my battery? <laughs> yeah, they do. <clears throat> free battery check and free installation. Oh, nice. Let them do that. I'm like, okay. He's like, all right, let's go see. Oh, this is one for, for your car. This is good. It was damn near $284. Yeah, oh, batteries ain't cheap. Oh, wow. yes. I, I'm like, batteries are I not cheap. They're not. <laughs> they just be I, smacking you up the outside the head. But it's not cheap for, like, I had prior to this, I had my little Nissan Altima. Mm-hmm. I was one of the ultimate girlies. Yes, I was. And I was <laughs> that thing into the ground. And I was sad giving my car up, right? I, yeah, she really was, was y'all. Like, she really was I sad was giving her up. Hurt to give her up. She really was. She, I've never spent a lot of money on this car. But this car mm. did me so well. Yeah. Like seriously, Dude, that, never, that car was ride or die for you, yo. It really was. I didn't have any major work that needed to be done on mm. it. Nothing. Like I didn't have to. I'm telling you, I had this car for ten years. I yo. had to replace near belt. That's no, amazing. nothing. Okay. The most I've ever had to, to do was like all four of my tires at once. Right. And that wasn't even a lot of money. Upgraded to an Infinity QX50. Mm-hmm. And the price, I'm like, I had to get new tires because I had it when we went to Savannah. Yeah. The nail on my tire had run flats. I ain't even, <laughs> I'm like, take it to the dealership. They're like, you got to replace all four. 
because right. that's what happens when run flats. You can't just replace one because your car won't drive right. I said, take these bitches off. Give me regular tires. I don't want no damn run flat. <laughs> right. That was like $1,400. I'm like, bitch, for rubber? Ooh, right. For rubber? Girl. I'm telling <laughs> you. Gold, not diamond. Girl. You're telling me I got a When I had my BMW, my daddy said, these tires are $500 a piece. I said, yes. a tire? What? $500 for a BMW tire? Girl. Girl. So I say all that to say, I was like, I was like, I can't. And I'm calling my husband complaining. I can spend three hundred and eighty-four dollars on damn battery. You know? And then I said, you know what? Appreciate. And then I stopped. And I said my, to my husband, and he can attest to this. I said, you know what? Let me stop. I said because yes, I did not expect to spend mm-hmm. close to three hundred dollars today. But guess what? I had the means to pay it. I appreciate that I had the means to pay it. I, I, pay yeah. it. I mean, a bitch put it on a credit card, but still, right. I had a credit card with to put it on. To put it on, I have the means to pay that off. Yeah, I have. You know what I'm saying? I'm blessed that I was able to even afford this vehicle. So I started putting, shifting my perspective. Yep. And appreciating the positive aspects of this inconvenience. Yes, because it, right? it was an inconvenience. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's clearly an inconvenience. It is, and I don't care how much money you have in the bank, <laughs> unless you're like Beyonce and Jay Z. Like I feel like any. $300 is not going to hurt me, but it's still $300. It was the fact that I had to spend this money and I was not expecting. Correct. A bitch budgets to the penny. She really and does, I y'all. leave a little bit for incidentals. Mm-hmm. That was not an incidental. <laughs> a bitch <laughs> wasn't, wasn't. Right. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't preparing for no damn battery. Right. But anyway. I say all that to say appreciation is key. Very much because so. when you are in a bad situation, that is something I say I've learned out of being in all the bad relations, bad, ooh, bad situations <laughs> that I've been in. Right. <laughs> I've learned to appreciate the goodness in it. Yeah. And there's always a little bit of good in certain mm-hmm. things. So like something good has to come out of it Mm -hmm. something like you if you you have to believe that sometimes you have like sometimes it's the only way to keep your sanity is to believe something good is going to come out of this because i surely didn't think how me having brain surgery and the tumor still being there was anything was going to come good out of that but i rebooted my company right and i took all these like that created a space for me to develop that other skill set and another means of income for myself another opportunity to network on different levels on with different mm-hmm. circles. So, you know, of course, not having that ta- time off and recovering, I wouldn't have thought that, but it has right. created another avenue of things for me to, to engage in. And right. then, you know, number 10 is res- all of these things have been said, and we, and we definitely have alluded to, to this final one, resolving to do better. What has these situations, what have these situations taught you, you know, and can you be like, you know, you know, you know, I'm gonna do better. I'm going to do better with my perspective, with my empathy, with my ability to adapt and in, in acknowledging that there's growth. Because when you adapt, that's growth as well. And, and sometimes we don't necessarily think about that, but you had to be able to change your perspective and not be so rigid to move forward in another direction. That's growth. And that's something yep. that, you know, having that growth mindset 
um, of, of resolving to do better and helping you to set new goals and be it professional or personal, you know, and you really have to think about, well, how can I change the situation? Mm-hmm. How can I adjust the situation, turn it on its head? You know, yep. what can I do to help facilitate learning everything that I can from this situation? How is this, what is this going to teach me? If there's nothing yep. else that I've learned from all of my health challenges, definitely one of the first ones is, because it was a woe was me for a long time, because I just came in the hospital, in the hospital. So then I had to pause and be like, okay, what should, what, what is this situation going to teach me? What is this situation going to teach me? Mm -hmm. And what can I learn to do to move forward? Or am I going to sit here stuck and bitch and moan about it? Because I do, I know some people 10 years running, 15 years running, they still bitching and moan about the same damn thing. I'm like, what are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. You know, you. this is woe is me. My life is over. I can't do X, Y, and Z. Well, at this point, you're the problem. Not everybody else. You're the problem. So mm-hmm. really, you know, and if you don't realize you're the problem, it's going to be a challenge for you to resolve to do better. But all of these mm-hmm. steps, all of these 10 steps that we kind of are 10 um, ideas and concepts that we put forward are <laughs> all ways to help you to resolve to do better when you're put up against the worst thing that could happen to you, mm-hmm. you know, at that time, at that time, because chances are something else is going to happen. And it's that one situation will help you better deal. And I will say that all these things that I've gone through work-wise, professional, personal, have equipped me with the skills to deal with that next bad situation right. because inevitably something is going to happen. So just right. try to remember, you know, to approach these situations with your growth mindset, with the willingness to learn and extract the valuable lessons. And there's always a lesson in something, whether we like it or not. There's always a lesson. And sometimes you guys dig through some shit to get to it. But there's always a lesson to help you grow and move forward into the next parts of your life. So with that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come right back with our last of the day. This is the last of the tea. The last of a tea is just listen to the steps. Listen to what you listed one to ten. That's right. the last. That's the last. Go back. Go back and listen. Go back and listen to all the other episodes because we touched on a lot of stuff that we talked about. Yes, in other episodes. we yeah. really did. That's my last step. I ain't got nothing else. I love it. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks for joining us this week on Sipping Tea with Nat and Z. You can follow us on IG, Sipping Tea underscore Nat and Z pod underscore pod. On Facebook, Sipping Tea Nat and Z. About info, upcoming topics, news, so on and so forth. Thanks for listening. Catch us next episode where we get into something we haven't figured out yet. Okay. Yeah, we don't know what next week's topic, <laughs> next episode's topic is going to be. Dun, dun, dun. Stay tuned, y'all. Thanks again. Have a great work. Have a great week. 